Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zachary Scott coming to you live from North Carolina, and what a wonderful day it is to be back with each and every one of you, those who are joining in online or via replay or on podcast. We thank each and every one of you for joining with us. And today, we want to focus in on wisdom from above and discerning not only the news, but the prophetic, and making sure that we are discerning what the Lord is, is speaking today, not only prophetically, but also in the steps that we can take in order to occupy um, until he comes, as scripture tells us. And I want to dive into scripture here, going in and referencing uh, James 3.17, but I want to focus on 13 through 18, as it, it really outlines um, a, a good mind frame for us to have uh, in this season. And, you know, we've been hearing and, and you, some of you guys have been sending us a lot of these prophetic words that are out there. And I just want to take a step back and, okay, let's look at some of the underlying foundations of what apostles and, and, and the scripture says and, and what they said of what these words and, and from the Lord and wisdom from the Lord uh, should have. And, and so we can help understand and discern and be sober and not get caught up in our emotions in all of this. And, and obviously we've built upon the foundations of scripture with um, our looking at Ephesians 4.26, be angry and, and yet not sin, of helping us align with um, the be of sober and aware. And then there's also the take every thought captive uh, where we need to make sure we're, we're really fleshing this out uh, of making sure, okay, Lord, is this you? Is this me? Um, and, and really discerning what it is. So I want to read and bring this up here, James 3. And, uh, and I'll start with uh, verse 13. And, and this is New American Standard Version. Uh, the title, and the section is titled, Wisdom from Above. And it says, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds and in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic, even going as far as, as, as demonic. And so where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But, this is what we want to focus in on, but the wisdom from above is pure then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And I want to focus on this. Is first pure. You could some say holy. 
then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and good fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. Know those who labor among you, as we find also throughout Scripture. So these are, are building upon things we've seen. And I want to focus on this because not only do you see what good fruits are, but you also see, okay, the wisdom that is not from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic, as we're seeing here in James, really outlines what's going on. And so when we we hear these prophetic words that are coming out, and I'm not saying that every prophetic word that's coming out is demonic. We talked about it this week on, on our other podcast about how these people have a gift to hear from God, but for whatever reason, some of the stuff coming out just isn't used with proper discernment, to say the least. Um, but at the end of the day, is, is we want to look at the fruits of this. Is it accurate, number one? Is it judged by others? Is there or is there a relationship with other prophets that they're walking with? Are they doing this stuff solo? Um, and, and, you know, Paul Cain, been listening recently to a lot of Paul Cain and Michael Biggle interviews. As Mike Biggle is laying out the foundations and the history of of their movement, what they're believing for, what they're standing for. Uh, and it's been really, really um, refreshing and convicting to hear. Uh, but this is one of the, the scriptures that Paul Keane pointed out uh, of how when we're listening to these prophetic voices is, are they exemplifying these principles here that we find in scripture? Is it pure? Is it, is, is it, coming, is it producing good fruit? And the people who hear them and in themselves, or is it jealousy? And, and he was obviously a big part of the, the corrupt faith and healing movement um, that did those very things that scripture says here was not um, uplifting and beneficial and pure. And, and so we lay that foundation of understanding the wisdom from above as we look today in the news and, and some interesting things and things to be aware of as we always do, and then also some things to celebrate and then pray for it as well. And with that scripture there, we want to ultimately, if we ourselves have any jealousy and selfish ambition inside of us, repent for that, and then ultimately intercede for discernment and wisdom from above in this season and for the season ahead. And, and, and I mean, we could apply this at every level uh, as Daniel did throughout his prayer times for the government. And so we just want to, if there's anything inside of us, Lord, remove it. But then we also want to plant, so we want to pluck up, but then replant something in its place, as Jeremiah talked about. Now, in the news, we want to go towards the east and start there. As news out of China and first Taiwan is that the United States and Taiwan have agreed to increase trade talks amid China tensions. Because if you remember the recent Indo-Pacific deal that was made with U.S. and pretty much everybody else but China and Taiwan, it left out Taiwan, which is a, a huge factor there. Is if you say you're going to support Taiwan and et cetera, even though we have laws or, or, or stances already on the books to support China, is now the U.S. is directly going in and trying to develop a stronger relationship during these tensions with Taiwan. Um, 
They'll cover 11 different areas, subject areas, including trade facilitation, regulatory practices, anti-corruption, agricultural, digital trade, labor, environment, and state-owned enterprises. Quite interesting. Uh, I know the last time they talk, Nancy Pelosi talked talk about climate change, even when Anthony Blinken was over there talking about quote-unquote climate change, uh, and a host of a bunch of different other issues there as well. So as we see this, and the point here is, as we see this strengthening go on during this trying tensions, as it's called, what is China's response? So as this is going on, you're, you're seeing China come out and um, say th similar things to what Nikki Haley said a couple weeks ago about how they're now saying, and this is from uh, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Wenbin, saying it's clear that the U.S. is trying to defend the indefensible by applying a gangster logic and acting like a bully. So they're coming out in response towards um, the actions taken from Pelosi, even though we've seen their response towards Taiwan. And I read a report yesterday that talked about how Taiwan, I mean, China ultimately wants Taiwan not just for power, is they want them also for their chip-making capability, as right now the world is in flux uh, and a shortage of that. And, and they kind of have a major monopoly on this. And so them getting Taiwan for that purpose would really, really give them more of a monopoly. Um, so something to watch there as, as we're seeing, this is being reported by Bloomberg and Daily Wire did a good report on this, of China's real estate is collapsing and throwing the economy in crisis as they're locked down because they're having more spreads of some different type of viruses along with COVID and et cetera, which is causing problems. And the interesting thing here is, is just to watch and see what happens. Because the big question is, and this is what people don't know, is are these reports fully truthful, number one, but then also is how involved in these real estate deals um, and in the Chinese economy is U.S. investors, how how does that bleed over into the rest of the world? Okay, if it, if it collapses in China, what does that necessarily mean for not only China, but the rest of the world? And because that's when, when the U.S. housing market crashed, that's what affects the rest of the world is because so many countries have bought U.S. government bonds and debts and, and been involved in, in people's retirements and et cetera, have been involved in the stock market and everything here in America, and that's why it spread so widely across the world and affected the rest of the world is, is the question is, and it's really hard to tell of how involved is the rest of the world in China. There are some investors who saying, I will not touch China. Other investors are going headlong. Uh, they, some for some reason, trust the Chinese Communist Party, which is a, a very interesting and showing a lack of history there. So on this situation, we just want to pray for the Biden administration, the military, Secretary Blinken to have a voice, Blinken specifically to have a voice, but then for all parties involved to have the fear of the Lord when dealing with China, um, hopefully to real, more so to realize the realities of what are at play here not only domestically but around the world and for the ability of the gospel of the kingdom to be spread because in china an open church is very shunned against 
Chargers are having to go back underground again um, to some degree, and some risking their lives. And while all that is going on, there is still a thriving church and uh, underground church and growing church there. So something to just keep in mind, not only naturally um, for our sovereignty and, and, and economic prosperity here in America, but also for the facts of the ability of the gospel of the kingdom to be spread throughout the world. Now, yesterday we read a report, or earlier this week, can't remember, I think it was yesterday, from the Free Beacon about how captures at the border, our southern border have, in, have already peaked over last year's record uh, of 1.66 million to now, with a couple weeks left to go, a little over a month left to go, 1.82 million. And then this report comes out. I don't know if you saw it yesterday where there's video. I'm going to pull it up here. There's no sound. Um, where the Border Patrol and um, Texas National Guard are in disputes here. So the – okay, let me pull it back up. The video in question, which is, is a – major cause for concern is you're seeing here at a private property gate in Eagle Pass, Texas that illegals knew was there and have been flooding and coming in. The Texas Border Patrol put up um, a, if you can see it there, a lock to prevent them from coming, just coming in. So this is one video, is good aerial drone shot, and you can see Texas National Guard there. And then there's a second video um, from Bill Milligan Fox from L L.A. showing, I, I want to pull this up from the very beginning, um, showing Border Patrol come right uh, behind and opening up. Let me make sure I have it, have it at the proper point. Opening up this same gate that Texas National Guard just locked. Uh, there's no sound on these videos, but as you can see here, Border Patrol agents going in and opening it up. Why, why is this? Just letting them walk across? And they're saying they have to do this because you have to let them in so that they can be processed on, processed on U.S. soil. Why do we have to process them on U.S. soil to begin with? And obviously last week we saw the Biden administration removed Romania, Mexico, and you have uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott come out and ju is just livid about this, Call it, saying this unbelievable. How could this possibly be? Be and ultimately saying while Texas secures the border, the federal government is enabling illegal immigrants. Biden's open border policies caused this crisis, and obviously New York and other cities are are dealing with the consequences of this. But something interesting Greg Abbott says is that there are upwards of 66 people on terrorist watch list who have come across the border, um, which is higher than I think the 50 that uh, some other agencies are reporting. Um, and obviously he might know more. Uh, there's been other local representatives who have said similar numbers. Um, talking about fentanyl seizures have increased 202. Like, that's unbelievable in July. 
so there's a problem there and something we just want to continue to stay aware of and on the wall about. And we just want to, number one, repent for the Biden administration's actions to weaken our border security and intercede for the voice, uh, but the fear of the Lord to rise up in the White House, if not in this administration, in the next, and within the halls of Congress and the halls of the Senate, uh, to realize not only the, the consequences for our sovereignty, but also for the lives of these people and the fact that most of them are coming across extreme dire situations to get here, number one. Some are possibly being trafficked. Some are being used as mules to bring in fentanyl, other things, and, it, and it's causing havoc and wreck um, to our country and, and something people need to be aware about. And we need to stand up, and, and I don't think Americans fully realize the consequences of the lack of decision involved in this. Now, while we have this going on, we want to look ahead towards um, the coming elections. And so we're seeing now certain groups throw their weight and more so money behind um, what they're standing for. And what I'm talking about is Planned Parenthood has talked about dumping record sums into the midterms. They've come out and since said on Wednesday that they will now pour more, 50 million more dollars towards the midterms elections. Now, this is very interesting because they've already said before that they're going to, with other groups, invest $150 million towards this. I don't know if this is separate or part of that. Um, this article doesn't make it very clear. But, okay, let's say it's it's part of the 150. So, okay, $150 million. The reasoning for that is they say this. Um, the executive director, Jen Lawson, said this in a statement. She said, this is an election about power and control. From Planned Parenthood, this is what they're saying. I'm not making this up. And I'll link this article for those who want to read it. Should these out-of-touch politicians gain power or stay in power, they will continue doing everything they can to ban all abortion, throw out, throw healthcare providers and pregnant people in jail. Uh, providers maybe pregnant people. Most places are not trying to do that. I think there's some states who are trying to do that, but that's they need to correct that. Um, from everybody's understanding, and endanger the health and lives of pregnant people across the country. Uh, they're talking about, quote-unquote, using an influx of support in states where the laws are questionable and they know they might have a chance. And those states include Georgia, Nevada, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Arizona, North Carolina, New Hampshire, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Um, they're also going to run advertisements in Colorado, California, Maine, Ohio, and Florida as they're up for disputes. Um, now, as of from October 2018 to September 2019, 300,540,871 abortions procedures occurred, which mean that there were 972 abortions per day, 41 abortions per hour in the United States. Very alarming. She goes on to say that big state require big investments. 
which is why this fall Planned Parenthood ad advocacy and political organizations will run our largest ever electoral campaign to preserve and expand abortion access in many states as possible. You saw this in Kansas. This is why the vote in Kansas was very um, disputed, uh, but also we see that this is this is a move ever since Roe v. Wade was overturned, that this was the steps taken from these organizations to try to fight and combat the narrative on this and make it confusing for a lot of people. That's what a lot of people in Kansas said, is they said the issue was very confusing. The way it was written on the ballot was very confusing. And sometimes it tends to be, but that's why you got to know going in what it says and knowing going in what you should vote. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. Now, while you have this, some positives um, coming out of South Carolina and North Carolina are that... Um, in South Carolina, two things have happened. One, a judge has put a block on the state six-week abortion ban taking effect on that took effect on Wednesday, while at the same time, and this is a temporary block that the state is going to legislature and governor are going to deal with. Um, at the same time, the state legislature uh, put forward a bill to pretty much ban mere all abortions. So you have a battle going on in South Carolina. They're deciding what to do. The vote came out of committee 13 to 7 based upon party, party lines. Um, and then the current bill that was um, put in place, the Heartbeat Protection from Abortion Act, that was temporarily suspended. In the bill, the law reads that doctors are required to scan for a heartbeat before, before performing an abortion. And again, the uh, this is this is the play from these abortion groups who are challenging these abortion bans from going into effect that well it's confusing and we don't really know even though they've been fighting it ever since it came into into play um so it's it's quite a, interesting to see this same thing it, it started in louisiana um and they're losing there as all three abortion clinics in louisiana is being reported are moving out of the the the, the state which is very, very positive news, but I want to blow this up. This is a statement from Democrat representative in South Carolina, Justin Bamberg. I'm, this is why we pray. This is why we stay involved um, because of this type of comments that come out, which is, this is very alarming. And this is straight from the Washington Examiner saying uh, Justin Bamberg, representative for Democrat from North South Carolina, who stated that he is a Christian. Number one, okay, are you standing for biblical moral values? And said there is a reason for separating church and state, and that it was improper for religious beliefs to spill over into the political context. Number one, as a believer, why would you not stand for life? I would question... Um, why want to question why he's not standing for life at its basic basic point, standing up for the voiceless. But it, it, this is an old argument. Obviously, you guys know this of the misunderstanding of separation of church and state, and saying, "Well, we don't want religious beliefs to spill over into political context." This is not about religion. This is this is about life. Period. Life. And then he goes on to say this. He says, this legislation is forcing Christianity in, on people, and it's v the very definition of anti-Christian. In my personal opinion, my stance on this bill and my vote 
of no is not based in Christianity. It is based in right and wrong. And as a Christian, I, I would want to hear his, his reasoning uh, for the life of the child. Is that pure? Is that what, what we're seeing here in James? Or is it going back to being earthly, natural, and demonic? We're examining Scripture. We're examining the actions taken throughout our country based upon Scripture. And does it line up? Are we called to occupy until he comes or not? I, I forget. I'm being sarcastic, but I don't. Then other great news is out of North Carolina. And I want to take a step back. If you remember before Roe v. Wade was overturned, there was a case before the Supreme Court that um, Phil Berger, local representative in North Carolina, state representative, brought before the Supreme Court in challenging the authority that the state attorney general had, and more so trying to give a foundation of upholding laws that the state attorney general says he will not uphold, even though they're laws that are on the books, and trying to prove that legislatures have the authority to take to court and enforce laws that are already on the books. They won, they gained that authority, and then Roe v. Wade was overturned, and now they took a case to court in having a law that was already on the books and was quote-unquote, banned temporarily as Roe v. Wade was its, its reasoning for um, not going into place. So they state legislatures then took the case back to court and saying, hey, this needs to be implemented because North Carolina State Attorney General refused to implement the law. And so the um, North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore said in a statement on Wednesday says that he's encouraged that although our attorney general has failed to do his duty today, we have a ruling that upholds the law as they went to court and dealt with specifically the reason this ban, 20-week ban, wasn't put into effect, which was because Roe v. Wade was there. And so the judge in, the, in, in this case, I believe in um, 2019, if I remember my, my dates correct, 2019 or 2016, no, 2019, uh, District Judge William Osteen uh, had stopped the law from being enforced and decided the ban unconstitutional based upon Supreme Court precedent until it got overturned. And so this is your reason for blocking it. They said, okay, we challenge that. It's no longer there, so we need to allow this to go into effect, and they did. Great news, great golden court case here. Um, and for those in North Carolina, or no people in North Carolina and South Carolina, there's a battle going on here. And this is a statement I want to read this from the governor of North Carolina, stating this. He said, abortion past 20 weeks in pregnancy is exceptionally rare. Wow, that is very astute of you to understand. He says, this, and happens to be because of devastating health emergencies or diagnosis. Rather than saying, hey, go to an emergency room and be around doctors who are equipped to handle emergencies um, and can help save you and possibly the baby, the mother, he says, denying women necessary medical care in extreme and threatening situations, even if rare, is fundamentally wrong. And we cannot let politicians mislead people about the real-world implications of this harmful law. This is, this is probably one of the worst arguments for trying to have abortion go into effect. Of You're telling me it's rare. 
and it's an emergency, okay, if it's rare, then what's if it's rare past 20 weeks, then what's what's the issue here? And if it's an emergency in those rare cases, why aren't you sending people to um, an emergency room where they can be dealt with properly? Um, and so while this battle will still rage on, we continue to want to prey on these cases in the states that are it is vulnerable, knowing that come the midterms, there will be a heavy push of advertisements towards trying to cause confusion in the, these issues and knowing that what Scripture says in James, I want to pull it back up, of if it's earthly, natural, demonic, that there is the distorter, a disorder and every evil thing coming from these evil ambitions here. And so with that foundation, this, this is why we want to pray coming up for these midterms. is because there's going to be this confusion. Scripture here tells us is demonic. And intercede for voters to understand, be aware before they go in and vote based upon biblical moral values. Because let's take that, that state representative in, North, in South Carolina. He says he's a Christian. Okay, you're a Democrat, that's fine. But you call yourself a Christian, now let's vote based upon biblical moral values. And now you see where you can separate the political parties and say, it's not about political party. It's about standing up for biblical truth, and in this instance, for life, period. Um, and so we, we just want to pray discernment over these voters in these coming weeks, in these coming months, to be prepared. Most of the times you can go out and before you walk into the voting booth, to the polling station, have seen uh, most election board of elections will have a ballot on their website for you to look at, to understand. Um, most, it's not in every state, but most states have organizations, like pro-life organizations who will give the interpretation sometimes of those laws and, and under helping understand how to vote. Is it confusing? Is it not? Is it helpful? Is it not? Um, so there is information out there. Board of local elections, your, your pro-life organizations, uh, family values organizations will, will help in these situations. And so we just want to point you guys in the right direction and continue to pray not only for each and every one of us, but those who are in the valley of decision, of determining what to do, uh, who may not have this type of information. And so we want to continue to pray for ourselves and those we're involved with and have authority uh, spiritually and naturally uh, that, to pray that they have the wisdom of the Lord to be able to walk out and stand up for the gospel of the kingdom and to stand up for life just in general and not even getting into the biblical argument. Uh, um, talking about right and wrong. This is about life and death at the end of the day and standing up for the voiceless. And it's one of those things where, even as Rick Dorner said, you don't want to be the person uh, who said they didn't vote, but at the end of the day is is when it comes time and eternity is, is do you want to be the person who said, well, I did it because I thought I was right, rather than saying I stood up for the voiceless, um, even when the world said it wasn't the quote-unquote right thing to do. And usually those who look at doing right and wrong um, as their reasoning for focus tend to be wrong um, in a lot of cases, not always, but at the end of the day is, is we want to stand for biblical moral values in this case and, and for the voiceless 
as a strong um, plumb line to determine, okay, if you're off on this, where else are you off type of thing. And, and so I'll end there. I'll quit my rambling and we'll be back tomorrow to finish out this week. And um, hopefully you guys can use this James 317 as a foundation for not only when you're looking at the news, but when you're hearing out these prophetic words that are out there of, okay, Lord, ask these questions. Lord, is this pure? Is this um, full of mercy, reasonable, gentle, peaceable, of good fruit, unwavering, without hypocrisy? Just seek the Lord and hear what he says, because there's a lot of things floating out around there. Um, a lot of people saying a lot of different things, and it's hard to sit here and say, well, that's true, that's not true. And sometimes you have to wait and let it play out. Um, but this is a good way to filter it of, okay, Lord, give it to God. Is this pure? Is this peaceable and gentle? So I'll, I'll close with that. Blessings each and every one of you. And we'll be back tomorrow, close out this week, standing and praying for the office of the president. Blessings, and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.